Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of Dream Chasers and Wealth Makers. We are thrilled to be back in virtual studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring you in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. And today, I have none other than the Lee R. Goldberg, Esquire. Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bart. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. And I don't know if you know, uh, Bart, but uh, the R in Lee R. Goldberg stands for really good. I don't know if you knew that, but he's been on our shows before here. I didn't know that, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. Just, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. And Paul, good to see you. It's, it's uh, doing these virtual shows. I, you know, we're, we're, I know you're you're stacked up, so I never really know. It's kind of Russian roulette whether the the guest is on the show. <laughs> we, we just start. We see what happens here. Sometimes yeah, I imitate the guest here, but nobody can imitate Lee Goldberg. He's been on our shows before here. Oh, so Lee didn't oh, share that with me. I didn't know you were a seasoned pro. Yeah, he's been on. I forget, I forget which show he was on, but he's been on a, at least once, maybe twice. Yeah. All right, Lee, I'm going to give you a proper introduction. How's that sound? Uh, that sounds fine, Bart. That sounds great. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, my friend. <laughs> All right. Lee is a transactional business attorney, has been practicing in Southern California for over 33 years. He has extensive experience in negotiating and documenting sophisticated real estate, finance, intellectual property corporate structuring, M&A, and many other business transactions. Currently, the majority of Lee's practice consists of acting as outside general counsel to numerous companies across a broad spectrum of industries, handling all aspects of his clients' businesses, including business structuring, contracting, labor, and employment issues, client contract matters, trade supplier contracts, statutory and corporate compliance, insurance contracts and claims, and dispute resolution. And beyond all that, Lee's just a good guy. Lee, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you, Bart. Thank you. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> All right. Since I've chewed up most of the time working with technology, let's let's just get right into this. So, Lee, you and I had kind of talked ahead of time, and while you do so many things, as I just mentioned, we thought we might tailor the show to business owners who are dealing with the issues at hand, which is how are we dealing with um, uh, the COVID crisis? So let's just let's just start. So, Lee, in your opinion, opinion, in your opinion, will businesses have additional potential liability when they operate as a critical sector business or even after when non-critical sector businesses reopened? Uh, Well, that's a really interesting question. It's an extremely hot topic right now. Um, A lot of people are first exploring that right now. Uh, because uh, certain states are opening up and different sectors are starting to open up. Um, I will tell you that um, in in a very litigious society, the answer is yes, of course. The problem is going to be twofold. The problem is going to either be from private parties or uh, employees suing their employers for putting them at risk, Uh, possibly even consumers putting those businesses for putting them at risk. Uh, And then the other possible side of it is administrative, which is Kalosha, whose overriding um, uh, marching order is that the businesses will cause no harm uh, to their employees uh, or not put them at unreasonable risk. 
Um, and so there are interpretations in both of those scopes that the employer or the business uh, uh, may well be putting them at risk. There are things we can do to address it, though. So we'll get there, but, you know, just to kind of piggyback on this and maybe beyond your scope of expertise, but I've heard recently um, cities wanting to sue the governors for their lack of being able to open or operate along those lines. So I think we're going to see things that we maybe have never seen or heard before. Well, I, I will tell you, we are already seeing things we've never seen or heard before. I have two manufacturing clients that are critical industry sector. We have been working night and day to keep them operating with shifting requirements and regulations. Um, and one of them happens to be in the food industry. So of course you want to keep them uh, healthy and safe and in production. To give you an example, Friday of last week and just today in the food one, we have uh, health inspectors coming in to operating critical sector businesses that are telling them or instructing them to further, uh, I, I guess, what, oh, the only thing my clients get, because I have really uh, counseled them on the things that they have to do um, or that are prudent to do, um, the only things my clients are hearing are you have to stand further apart. Uh, so that's a good thing when the health department comes in and all they say is you have to stand further apart. Uh, but they are coming in and they will close businesses uh, if you're not in some sort of reasonable compliance. So that's what I have been hearing lately. I do not, uh, I have not heard of what you, you raised, uh, but it doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, I think at this point anything's possible. Absolutely. Well, hey, this is... This is all new ground uh, for everyone. I don't care that we've, we've been through uh, an epidemic before the flu in 1912 or 17 or whatever it was. We are in new times. We have a higher degree of business sophistication. We have a higher degree of business interactions. We have, we have both personal interactions. We have um, online interactions, high-tech interactions. Um, we need to keep our systems going so it affects us differently. And the way it affects us, it, it's going to have an effect that permanently changes us. And if you haven't recognized that yet, you really need to. It will yeah. permanently change the way we do business. Yeah, I hate to use the uh, cliche, but the new normal, I, I really think that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know what? It, it is a cliche, but it, it's very accurate. I. You know, what, what else do you describe it with? It's just a really, it, it's encompassing about all the different things, both personally, uh, sociologically, uh, business legislation uh, and regulation. Lots of things will, will happen. Lots of things will do different, will be doing differently. And I, I, I'm certainly no expert on those things, but I watch my clients um, evolving, and it is an evolution. Unfortunately, it's a forced evolution. We yeah. usually have this evolution over 30 years. We're, we're being forced to evolve in six months. Yeah, yeah. So, Lee, let's, let's get to brass tacks. What should businesses be doing to operate within the, the law during the COVID crisis? Okay, well, if you're operating, whether you're currently operating or you're going to operate, whether you're a gym or a restaurant or retail 
or you're just an office building. And I say just, I mean, my goodness, I work in an office building. All right, I will tell you that there's two things you gotta keep aware of. Number one, there will be regulations that regulate your operations. To give you an example, if, if you're a, a restaurant, I will almost guarantee you health department comes in and tells you where your seating chart is gonna look like, okay? It's gonna tell you you're gonna wear masks. It's gonna tell you you're gonna wear gloves. Um, but there, there are certain things, regulations that will be coming down. I will almost guarantee you if you don't follow those regulations, you will cause yourself some heartburn. That's number one. Number two, you need to go beyond those regulations. This is my advice to my clients. You need to go beyond those regulations for your business, to make your business more competitive, to make your business more attractive, to make your business stronger. Uh, all of my clients have my advice to treat their employees, in other words, protect their employees that are working as if your child was standing next to you working with you. Okay? That's good advice. Employees will know that. The employees will understand you're trying to keep them safe. And anybody who challenges that, you can look at it. The business owner can look at them and say, what more could I have done? And if you get to the position of saying, what more could I have done with both your employees and your customers? Remember, they're coming to your premises. My goodness gracious, I, my retail clients, I am having them look into, because apparently um, uh, UV light um, kills this virus, um, I'm having them look into handheld medical grade UV light that they could buy. So they could scan all of their product right in front of the client to show them that this product has been disinfected. Um, that's the kind of stuff that customers and employees will look to in the future. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that will keep your business strong because you won't have sick employees. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that your customers will feel comfortable coming to your business premises because they know you actually care about them. Yeah. So that, that has been my type of advice to my clients. It occurs to me that there's going to be two parts of the of the population there's going to be the part that um kind of throws risk into the wind and is really not paying any attention to this and is going to go on their daily lives and i think that there's going to be the other part of the population that is highly concerned and and is going to be very careful and will do things differently and or stop doing things yeah i i, I tend to agree with you i mean we're you and i are seeing that right now um, the, the portion of the population, very, very smart, intellectual uh, people who, who are thinking that this is no different than the flu. I've heard it from them. There, there are others that I've heard saying intellectually smart, confident, calm, um, uh, uh, normally rational people that have gone off the deep end and without any risk factors themselves have completely isolated themselves for six weeks and are, you know, uh, disinfecting crazy. I mean, so I, I think we're going to have it on both sides of the spectrum, but I really do, like everything else in the society, I think we meet somewhere in the middle. And if you don't cater to that middle, you're going to let, be left behind those who are marketing and doing it uh, to do that. I, 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 that's kind of just the way I look at it. Yeah. 
So kind of beyond the things that you just said, is there any other just common advice that you're giving your clients as they kind of navigate through these challenges? Yeah, 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 yeah. Be calm. Um, address the issues and the problems that you have right now. You have to. You, you, you have to uh, uh, address your cash flow issues. You have to address whatever issues those are. But understand we've been going through this now for some weeks. So the first three weeks has been my experience with my clients has been the craziness of putting the patches over the holes in the dam. Okay? Once you get to that point where you got most of those leaks patched and you're on stable ground, whatever that means, that may be um, stable ground where you've lost a lot. But once you get to that stable ground, take a breath. What I've been telling every one of my clients, take a breath. Because now most of your time needs to be spent in strategic planning. Because you can't, you're done with the worrying. You just addressed all the worrying and we patched the holes. Now we have to spend almost all of our time strategic planning how we're going to come out of this, how we're going to look like the Phoenix, how you're going to be better. And, 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 that's, and that's simple my advice. You, you, you keep moving forward or you die standing in the same place. Well, you bring up a great question. So then are, if, you, if that's what you're counseling, what types of strategic planning are, your, are you um, counseling your clients to pursue? Sure, that's really a good question. I will tell you um, there are five or six areas uh, that I've counseled for my clients depending upon where they are and what they have before them. If they're open and operating and haven't lost a step, we're talking about strategic planning, setting up for their exit strategy down the road. Because there are some really good times coming up for that. If you show that you are a stable, strong business, even through this type of epidemic, okay, or, or, or pandemic. Um, but other businesses who, who, you know, most businesses have been financially affected and, and crushed. So the two areas where I'm counseling them are financing their business, but only financing their business after they have a plan of what we're doing with the money. We're not financing the business to pay old debt. All right? We're financing the business to stay alive and to grow. Are you talking beyond the PPP, other types of financing? I'm talking private. Yes, I'm talking okay. well beyond that that type of financing. That financing has come and gone. Mm-hmm. All right, for anybody that's looking at it now, um, they they have to look at regular business financing. Regular business financing is out there, my friend, and, and they feel kind of beat up, frankly, because some of it has gone away, as you and I both know, because some of it is based upon certain markets who have turned, which have turned upside down. So certain types of loans, certain types of mortgage loans, if you will, are no longer available. But they'll come back. All right, but business loans, they're hot and heavy out there. Businesses that that needed money, hopefully they're not looking to finance their losses. All right, you, you can't borrow against yesterday. You've got to borrow knowing you're making money uh, or, or capitalize, bring in investors. This is part of that strategic planning. And then the second thing 
that, that I have in terms of a strategic planning thing that I talk to uh, my clients about is forward marketing. Not marketing right now while you can't be doing anything. What you've done is you put the holes in the dike and you're doing your marketing right now. But to come out with forward marketing and ready to hit the market when you're ready to open, so you will hit the ground running while your competitors are first pulling together their marketing teams in order to get out there in the market and let everybody know we're working, we're safe to come to, we're, we understand you've been through some tough times and our pricings are going to reflect that. All right. So that's the kind of stuff that I am advising is to get out there in the market or be ready in the market before their competitors. Take advantage of the uptick in commerce in relative in relatively to your competitors out there that are only sheltering in place until business comes back mm -hmm. again if you're going to stand still you'll die there you got to move forward great progressive um, rec um recommendations hey lee do you have any either with this epidemic or pandemic or even previous ones like examples or stories of, of how you've coached someone through something like this and they they made it through the other side yeah i yeah i got i got a number of them I've one or two <laughs> yeah i've been i've actually been through this several times um um i i was i, I got my degree in 86 so I, I think it was what was it October '86 yeah. or '87 so is... Black Monday. I mean, I mean that was my first experience. It was certainly wonderful, um, and I was certainly far more reactive and nervous and scared for business back then. But I've seen this four times, including 2008. I have a lot of clients in real estate and finance industry. Okay, um, so I do have some great stories. Let me start with a, um, a retailer uh, that had a clothing store, and it was a private, independent clothing store, and he had four outlets. And in 2008, um, consumer spending went through the floor, as you recall. Yep. And he had five months of very little sales. So what we, and, and he was laying people off left and right. And he had plans, we had to close some stores or is what he wanted to do was close the stores. I put him together uh, with some people that I knew, analyzed the situation, saw what was happening, put him together with a client of mine um, in a different segment of the industry, but there are two their two expertise, one was a sourcing guy and, and one's a retail guy, um, put them together where the synergy that created and the investment that came in to support it, um, in 2011, they had 10 stores. And what they did was they learned how to source and outsource and sell their standing inventory, and then thereby having the cash to update their inventories and brought in marketing with this other guy to bring in marketing uh, to get this stuff circulated and out there and get his name out there. And they're in, they're in the Northern California area, and they're doing very well today. They've still got their stores brick and mortar. Um, that's a mom-and-pop organization. 
I can give you a second turnaround from the exact same era in real estate. I had a client with three different, um, he was a commercial landlord, so three different office building properties. One of those properties had a tenant leave, which occupied a, a national tenant, which occupied uh, a quarter of the building. Well, at the same time, uh, we went through all the tightness in, in the financial markets in 2008, and he had problems, and people were leaving his, tenants were leaving his buildings, and he, had, and he was upside down. Uh, his, his creditors were coming after him. He didn't know what to do. He had personal guarantees out there, and, and basically he was looking at a $6 million loss personally, including losing all of the buildings. With some legal maneuvering, forward planning, working with the lawyers on the other side, working with the lawyers at the financial institutions, because I happen to know a lot of those guys. My first half of my career was in uh, finance. So in working with all of those guys and in knowing how to sell real estate and sell real estate through the bankruptcy courts, uh, what we basically ended up doing uh, when the day was over, it took three years, but in 2011, this guy ended up keeping one of his buildings and had a plus cash flow, or not cash flow, but plus net value to what he kept of over $10 million. So he was going to lose six, and he ended up plus 10 because of this forward planning and the strategizing and putting this stuff together. By the way, as part of that transaction, uh, I sold the building worth valued at $7.1 million for 9.4. Wow. Um, I, I could tell you someday how I did it. It's very detailed. <laughs> uh, but I I'll look forward to that. That's going to be over a glass of wine, I'm sure. Absolutely. Hey, Bart, can I, can I chime in here and offer one thought? You know, I've heard Lee talk several times. I've, I've, I've heard him spin tales over at the uh, Center Club. For those uh, who will uh, buy him a, a glass of wine here and uh, <laughs> tell these stories. How do you think I, I met him? <laughs> I think what I like about Lee is while the rest of us are crying or complaining or saying, oh, my God, can you believe what happened to me? This is horrible. This is terrible. He says, get over it. Let's get let's get a plan in place. Yeah. He does yeah. not sit and, and worry too long. He just, he's the guy that shakes you up and says, okay, come on. I know. I know it's horrible. I know you're scared. I know it's unfair. Let's just go do something right now. Yeah, I love that about him. Thank um, you very much. Haley, those were great stories. That was great information. We're, we're really running sh um, short on time. So I do have the, the honor of asking my guests the ultimate thought question, and that is, what is your ultimate lesson learned in your career as a, as a business attorney? Here's my ultimate lesson, is that there are many, many great people out there, and you do not allow all the less than great people to change who you are. Okay, I, I like it. Uh, what I have learned is I will deal with people openly and honestly up front until they show me that I cannot act with them that way. That it, it, I'll, I'll tell you, it, I absolutely believe you get far, far, far better results using sugar than vinegar. I love it, Lee. Um, and then, of course, I also like to ask, what's your guilty pleasure? Ha, ha, ha. 
My guilty pleasure is uh, long-distance precision shooting, uh, which means I spend about uh, one-tenth of my time actually shooting and nine-tenths of my time uh, making ammunition. That's, that's, my, uh, that's wow. my pleasure. Wow. All right. I like it. Hey, Lee, how can people reach you? Well, they certainly can reach me at uh, my email, L. Goldberg, G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G, at Ford Dulio. Ford, as in the car, Dulio is D-I-U-L-I-O dot com. And they could also reach me at, at uh, the office at 949-395-4911. And uh, certainly uh, be happy to uh, answer any questions. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I, oh, Bart, you know this. I, I don't charge for a consultation. I will let you know whether I can or do cannot can't do something for you. If I know somebody that can do it for you, if I can't, but uh, I, I don't I don't think that uh, that's reasonable to charge for that. So if you have any questions, give me a call. Lee, you were great. Thank you so much for your your expertise, your explanations. This was really really great. Um, I want to thank everyone who has tuned in. Sorry about the technical difficulties in the beginning. We look forward to being back in the studio again next week. Paul, have a good week. See you all soon. Cheers. Great being with you, Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zandbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzandbergen.podbean.com. The Zandbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzandbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist, Inc., and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivist, Inc., under SEC registration.